that's when Clay stepped in and and uh, got in between them. Yeah. And he stabbed him in the chest and then stabbed his friend. And I found myself in between recesses and stuff. Uh, I got a chance to hug this this guy's family and love on this family that I didn't know. When my buddy Kenny Thomas reached out to me about Casey Bethard, he said, Jeff, you got to hear this guy's story. And then he explained about a dad who gets up and walks across the courtroom and hugs the family of the guy who murdered his son. And I'm going to just tell you right now, you will be blown away as you hear from Casey Bethard today on Unbeatable. These stories of triumph over adversity will help you handle your toughest days in life. You're listening to Unbeatable with Jeff Strucker. Casey, it is great to be with you today. Man, you are um, amazing. And I want you to know that that you have a fan um, because I found out about you through a mutual friend of ours, my buddy, Kenny Thomas. Yeah, that's that. It's crazy, crazy how these things work. I, 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 uh, I appreciate it. I, I don't know Kenny Thomas other than through, through, uh, you know, social media and uh-huh. things like that. And, um, he, uh, through a friend that I get on, a, I do a, just a zoom call. We do just a group of guys every Wednesday morning and a, and a friend of Kenny's. So yeah. his name is Billy Montana. And yep. he just said, man, can I put you two together? And I'm like, sure. Yeah, so this is awesome. Well, I'm just so you know, Kenny thinks you're cool, and anybody who Kenny thinks is cool, I think is cool, so I think you're cool too, man. <laughs> well, I think Kenny's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, so how about if we talk about football, faith, and just finding your own rhythm today? Sound good? That's awesome. Awesome. For people Great. that don't recognize the Bethard last name, they probably come from another part of the world, or maybe they just have had their head buried in the sand because that last name is known pretty well in the football community. Can you describe a little bit about your family's football legacy? Well, not just legacy, yeah, I, but the, the, it, the chapters that you're still, your family's still writing. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I grew up in, um, I, you know, I grew up my, you know, find out as you grow up that your uncle Pete, my dad's brother, um, played football at Southern Cal USC. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was a, like a MVP in a Rose bowl when they beat Wisconsin way, way back in the day. And he was a first round draft pick. And then I realized that my, you know, my dad was a scout as I was growing up. Uh-huh. He just scouted for several different teams, starting with the Chiefs and then the Falcons and then Dolphins. He started moving up the ladder. All right. Yeah. And so I got to, uh, yeah, it was awesome. So we, as kids, got to grow up on these fields, just barefoot and just running around football fields and playing in locker rooms. And the literal epitome of gym rats is that. Yeah. And uh, had no idea how lucky we had it, yeah. you know? You look like you're the kind of guy that could still throw a football pretty well today if you needed to, if somebody was looking for a, a you know, a backup. Well, I think I, I think I have to, cause I got grandkids. There's so many of us and that's it's our family is so competitive. It never stops. I and mean, we go to the beach or we go to the park. Well, I don't care if we're sitting in an airport, if there's something to roll up and make a ball out, we're going to be throwing it and playing some kind of game. You're the kids that are going to crash into stuff in the airport, uh, you know, that's waiting right. for the flight to take off. Yeah, I totally get that. Yep, that's that. My, my wife was always like, 
if we go anywhere, if we especially go to the store, someone in my, one of my boys is going to go to a, a ball aisle first and grab one so that when we're in the store, we could play catch all the whole time. Uh-huh. And she's like, are, do you really have to do that all the time? <laughs> yeah, we do. It's fun. Yeah. So it's, it's I, tr- in the- I try to, I try to be able to stay in shape where I can play with them. Yeah. So. Tell your wife it's in the male gender DNA that if That's you see right. a ball, you forget everything else and just focus That's on right. that ball for a few minutes. That's um, right. Hey, uh, I, I showed this to you a second ago, but for everybody else who's watching this, if you're driving right now, you can't see the T-shirt that I'm wearing. But for those of you who are watching this episode yeah. on social media, check out the T-shirt that I'm wearing. Can you see it? Yep. It American is a, farmers. that's right. It is a, um, homage. It's a, uh, shout out to one of the toughest college football players. I think I've ever seen in a generation who just happens to have the same last name. And I watched your son play football yeah. at the university of Iowa for a few years. So let's talk about CJ and the amazing ball player that he is. Yeah, I'm just so proud of him, and um, I'm just so grateful that he ended up there. Uh, you know, he was a, he was committed to go to for over a year to go to to go to Ole Miss, and yeah. um, that was like a dream school for him. And then, you know, some coaching changes happened and changed, and then uh, late late in the game, some of his high school coach was, "Hey, can I?" Uh, send his video to a friend of mine, you know, because maybe with this coaching change, maybe you don't need to go Ole Miss. And CJ was like, no, I'm going to Ole Miss. And (laughs) I said, what about, let's just take this one visit. They asked us to come up in a cold day in like December. And we went up there and he was like, man, that is cold. And I I was thankful that it wasn't Uh too bad. I was like, no, it's not that cold, you know, because I was, I was in, I was like, because I've I've been, I've watched the Hawkeyes for a lot of years, but I, I really didn't know, where Iowa was, I mean, the whole state. Yeah. And I didn't know where any, you know, any of that stuff. We went up there and just that program, honestly, the people and the coach, the way they do it and the way they run things and they grow things like family yeah. and just the atmosphere, I was sold. And then so I'm just proud that he just came around and was like, Dad, I, yeah, I'll go there. I'm going to step out and I'm going to go there. Yeah. And um, it were the best he will say that it was the best five years of his life, you know, being there and doing that. And he overcame a lot of things, you know, being a backup and yeah. just working, oh, yeah. working and yeah. trusting, trusting the system. That's how they do it. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was, it was good. Well, like I said, um, I watched him um, and I saw him lead on the field, but I also watched him take his bumps and his bruises. And man, he was as tough as any college quarterback I think I've seen in a generation. Um, And he's, He's uh, I I know you're proud of him, but you can let the folks that are not aware uh, know what he's doing right now. Yeah, he, I mean, he is, he's been, he's always been that way. And that's been, I'm grateful about it with all of my kids for some reason, you're just not going to get them out. You're not going to get them out yeah. of a game, you know, and, and sometimes to their detriment, man, look at, get out. No, because I know what could happen if, if someone, I if I give this spot up to somebody, I might not get it back. So I'm going back in. But anyway, so yeah, he, uh, he got drafted in the third round by the 49ers and he spent four years there, you know, finding his way as a quarterback in the NFL yeah. and, um, and now he's on his second year in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, 
I just got to spend a little time with him recently there. And he's, he's, yeah, he's just, you know, competing, you know, he really likes it. He likes, he likes the, uh, he likes everything about it. You know, yeah. he's got, he's got, uh, they just signed a sheriff over there. So All he's right. excited about yeah. that. Brandon's yeah. there. And so they're, they got a, a, they got at least a couple Hawkeyes there yeah. with them. I think Makai Sar- Sargent's there. Yeah. And so that's awesome. Yeah. Tell everybody about the rest of the family. We're not just going to talk about CJ. We want to talk about the yeah. rest of the family too. So yeah. Describe so, the rest uh, of the family for us. Yeah. I've got five kids. I've got CJ did, did that. My second son, Tucker was always a, uh, just a man. He just kind of introverted, uh, in, incredible athlete, but didn't, didn't get as big or tall, but great, great baseball player and, and, and was recruited by several schools and got a scholarship to go to middle Tennessee state university. All right. All right. To play baseball, but he was battling with that and the music deal. And I, I tried to make him go to college just so he'd grow up and, 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 and learn a lot of things. But then I got a chance to watch him play and sing in certain venues and things. And, and I knew it was a gift. And uh, so I let him make a decision. Well, you know, he did, he tore his shoulder in football the year before he was going. Uh-huh. So uh, in the healing of that, it was an opportunity to reflect and decide. Yeah. And he ended up take. he's in the music business, making more music right now. And he tours around and, and uh, he's a really gifted and talented. And that's, so I'm, I'm very proud of what he's doing and, and uh, just becoming a real writer and, you know, growing through a lot of things that yeah. have gone on in that business. This business could be hard. Oh, yeah. So, and so I know it. And so I, I, I uh, but he's learning. He's got, he's becoming, <clears throat> you go in at 19 and now he's finally 26. Now he has something to write about. That's right. You know? Yeah. He's You've got some bumps up. and bruises to write about now, right? Yeah. And then my, of course, you know, there's my third son went to heaven, um, two Christmases ago yeah. when he came home, <clears throat> probably, uh, one of the better athletes that we had, uh, um, just a, just a great kid, mm-hmm. just a hero, just a, just a, had everything going for him, but, uh, um, uh, and actually spent some time in, over at Western Iowa, uh-huh. you know, junior college. He left, left a scholarship school here in Tennessee at, at uh, Tennessee Martin mm-hmm. and wanted to go back to the drawing board and try to get recruited at a bigger school and stuff like that. And had an opportunity to maybe go to Iowa, but uh, he wanted to make his own way. And um, so he ended up at some small school in Long Island, New York, Long Island university of uh, uh, FCS school. Uh-huh. And, uh, Played a year there and got, you talk about tough. Like he, he got <laughs> beat up like nobody yeah. I've ever seen. In fact, he was just got one shoulder beat, uh, surgery on it and was waiting on the second shoulder to get surgery when, when, when what happened happened. And then he went, he went to heaven. And then, of course, I've got uh, a daughter, uh, Charlie, that is just, graduated some school and just, you know, right. trying to find a way. Yeah. She's an incredible musician yeah. and praise and worship, uh, songwriter and singer. And, nice. uh, so, and then I, 
and we got had the big surprise, the eleven year old. So I'm, I'm you know, wow. I'm, I gotta gotta try to stay young and, and and figure out that and start all over. That's what I was gonna know? say. That'll keep you young right there. Yeah. Someone someone told me the other day. I thought this was the best thing I've heard in a while. I said, yeah, and then yeah, this is my daughter, and I've got two granddaughters too. So, um, but uh, they, uh, I, uh, the guy looked at my little daughter and goes, oh, so you re-enlisted. Yeah, that's a good phrase. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the move to Nashville. What was the decision to bring your family to Nashville um, way back in the day? Yeah, I was, uh, man, it was always in my, in my, it's crazy. I think it was a gift given for me to me way, way back in the day. My mother was very uh, musical piano driven and just song singer and, and and her side of the family revolved around getting together and singing and playing. Uh-huh. And but my dad, of course, his side was very, just more ath- athletic right. stuff and doing it. We all, we did both, but I gravitated towards the music a lot, you know? So my mom would, and I would always sing together and play records together and play on the piano. And, um, that was our interest together. And, but the others in my family, they, they just stayed, uh, you know, you know, athletics driven and they they did that stuff. And my older brothers ended up just taking the football route of playing through college. I I played in college and, and, and got out, but I, I was also playing music and writing songs in college. And it's crazy because, you know, I just knew it was there and the passion was always there, but what do you do with it? You right. know, I was like, cause it's a scary thing. And, you know, I didn't have anybody in the family going, well, you go to Nashville and you just try to wait it out and chase it down. <laughs> I didn't, know. Yeah. I didn't know. I just went back to, my dad was with the Redskins when, or now they're not the Redskins. The Washington but, football team. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Let's just call them Redskins. And, uh, so at the time I, I got out of college and went back up to Northern Virginia, back to where I was raised and, um, uh, just got a job. And that night I found these bars that you can go playing and sing with the band and these country bars. And then I started playing my own songs and some guy in the back of a bar one night was like, man, you're, you're all right. Pretty good. You ought to go, you ought to go to Nashville. And I was like, go to Nashville. Is that where it all goes? You know? And I'm, yeah. That, that I was in the country music, all those songs and singers, but I didn't really understand the whole songwriting part, how uh-huh. they, so I was like, huh, okay. And then just, I didn't know it at the time, but I think it was, you know, I know now is just being stirred by God just to go, man, yeah. go. But I didn't, you know, and I, I, I was just, I got to go, I got to get out of here. And uh, my rent was up on this place. Yeah. I was at, at, in about six months and I said, when I'm done with that, I'm leaving. I wasn't married. I wasn't tied to anything. So I just picked up my truck and loaded up my truck and drove down. And, uh, that was it. I just took a chance. I, I literally, it was like a, like a country song. I put, I had a, the best, biggest thing I had was a TV and, uh, some bag some other junk. Yeah. And I put it in my truck and drove down. And, and, and I, first time I'd ever been in Nashville. I hope that somebody who's listening to this episode right now is thinking about what you just said. Look, you come from a huge football family and it would have been really natural, really easy for you to just fall into those footsteps and follow your uncle and your dad in the football um, business. 
So yeah. the fact that you were willing to throw the TV and the clothes in the back of the truck and drive to Nashville is a big deal. And yes. I really think yes. somebody's probably listening right now thinking, man, I've got this goal that I would love to chase, but it's scary because I've got a whole lot of things going for me right now. Why would I leave the things that I've got going for me to go chase this dream of mine? What would yeah. you say to that person who's man. right where you used to be, but they're, they're freaking out about the idea of, of, of chasing that dream? Yeah, that's, that's one of the things I've learned in this whole journey is that and raising my kids to know that I really pay pay attention now to their when they were growing up to their passions to what you I was trying to recognize my wife and I always tried to could just see and recognize their gifts and just encourage them in that way and support them in those ways because there that truly is you know some of these things are your destiny and and you know it's it is it's and I realized that the comfortable things to do are not always the right things to do, yeah. you know? Wow. And so I hope I, people I, just heard that. Say that one more time because I hope yeah, people heard that. The comfortable things to do are not always the right things to do, but just because they're comfortable. Even the, I know that from, you know, just recently from a lot of things in the, what, it, what it, you know, it's a, it's a biblical thing, you know, it's just that, you know, yeah, you got to step out in faith to find out if you got to trust, trust God or you yeah. know, where, where you're going in life, you know? So, those things in you going, what am I doing? I want to do this or I want to take this step or I want to, are we, to, are we good together? Whether it's a spouse or whatever, right. a girlfriends and yeah. things like that, or, or a career, should I do it? You know, and it's, it's, it's not always about the money or whatever, but what do you, what is, what is your gift? What are you doing? You know, and go for it. Yeah. Cause if it's really doesn't, feel like work when it's, when it's, when it's some, doing something you love, you know, and that's the, I think that's the, and, and, and I was the first one in our family to, uh, to literally go to have that thing, that feeling of, cause I remember my brothers and my dad going, Whoa, you're doing what? Yeah, they're like, are you insane? What's wrong yeah, with you? And they were like, well, I don't even, my dad was like, I, I don't know how I can help you. I don't, I wish you wouldn't do it. Cause I don't, I can't help yeah. you. And I'm like, I don't, it's okay. I could start at the bottom and figure it out. Yeah. And it literally was just coming here and you know, what do you do? I don't know. I got an apartment. I had a little money saved up, got an apartment and I looked in the paper. Those that that's what you used to do. Before <laughs> yep, phones that's and right. Stuff. And I, a hundred uh, years ago. I fed, Yeah. Way back. And I found some open mic nights and I waited in line and got a chance to go play a song here and there. And next thing you know, someone goes, Hey, do you need a job? Yeah, I need a job here. I got a college degree uh, and I'm, you got to be willing to go yeah, just that's try right. it out. You yeah. know, and I got, went back to minimum wage, a couple jobs a day, just so I could support this habit of writing songs when I wanted to yeah. and singing at night Yeah. until somebody would go, man, I'd like to pay you to sing a demo if your voice uh -huh. is good, or I'd like to, pay you to write songs, you know? Yeah. Casey, let's just be honest, man. Your family is dripping with talent. Your father mm -hmm. and your father's side of the family, all that athletic ability, your mother's side of the family, all of that musical talent. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to just camp on this for a second because I really believe there are lots of people that are listening to this episode right now and yeah. they're in this dead end job. They're just doing it because they need the paycheck. And I totally get that. 
But in the back of their mind, they have this dream and they want to chase that dream, but it's scary. And not only is it scary, but chasing that dream may mean stepping away from your family's history, may mean kind of leaving everything that's familiar to you. And I want to, I want to encourage people. So Casey, I do this high five segment, um, which is just us bouncing some thoughts back and forth off of each other for a minute. Okay. And what I want to do for just a second is I want to talk about why you should go ahead and march to the beat of a different drummer. You don't have to follow in your family's footsteps if you really strongly feel that you're being called to do something different. Now, there's nothing wrong with following in the family footsteps. But right. if you have this deep desire to go do something different and you're freaking out about it a little bit, let's talk about why it may be a good thing to go follow your own drummer and march to a your own rhythm or find your own rhythm, as I said at the beginning of this episode. So can we just bounce some things off each other for yeah, a second? Sure. All right. So here's one of my first thoughts on this one. Hey, you never know how things are going to go until you try it. So don't be the guy or the gal that gets to the end of your life and says, I wonder or I wish I would have. Just go give it a shot. That alone may be motivation enough for you to go chase that dream. You got any any thoughts or any advice here? Because you want to find out. What you never know, you know, you it's you you're gonna live with the rest of your life wondering, I wish I would have. And you can we cannot be fear driven, you know. We need to be, you know, find just the freedom. There's nothing like freedom of trusting that step out of going. I just finished a song, and in of course it says, "Drive the wheels off all the wonder." All right, and and, and chase the lightning, you know, you know, ride the lightning, chase the thunder. Yeah. And these things like, but go, go for it, man. Because, because like, like I did, if you're, if you're, if you're worried about how, who's going to provide or whatever, man, you, you, you'll be okay. You just, you know, making ends meet is really not that hard. That's right. It depends on what you really need and what you want. You know, you can get by on what you need. We took on more roommates when the, when it was getting hard, we just took on more roommates. We had an extra room. We took on this, we did it, you know, we ate certain things, yeah. we did certain things, and we made it work, And yeah. you know, so. I totally agree. Hey, the second reason that I would tell you, this is in my high five on why you should march to a different drummer if you really have this passion to go do something different, is nothing awesome, nothing great ever came by just following in the footsteps of the person in front of you. Nothing wrong with following in the family business or the family uh, trade, but... If you feel strongly about going and blazing your own trail, that's where great things can happen. And for me, one of my piece of, pieces of advice to, to you listening right now is if you feel that strongly, man, go do it. Because great things can happen when you blaze that totally new trail. Absolutely. I don't think there's any more fulfillment in, in, in doing stepping out in faith and going for it yeah. and watching things start to materialize and watching them start to come true because it's not, it's not, it just doesn't feel like work when you're, when you're doing what you love. So Absolutely. go for it or you're going to be working the rest of your life. Yeah. And don't forget, you're going to fall on your face a couple of times when you step out on your Absolutely. own, but it's okay. Fall on your face, get up, dust yourself off. Yeah. That's why we have a podcast called unbeatable for you. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Here's but I will say this. Yeah, too. go for it. In your, and just know it in your, in your heart of hearts that that's my thing. And it's not, 
it's not just your mom going, you're great. Yeah. You should go. You, you should, should go do, do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pray about it, know about right. it, you know, and just, but, but, uh, and you know, what's the worst can happen? You yeah. know, what's the worst thing can happen? You just go back, you know, you know, go back to what you, uh, you know, your other option or whatever. But I, I, I believe in, all out, just going, yeah. taking the steps and going for it. Totally yeah. agree. Swing the bat, you know, throw yeah. the ball, do your best and give it a shot and see what happens. And if it works out, That's awesome. Right. And if it doesn't, you, you gave it a shot. That's I, right. I'm glad you mentioned it because the next thing on my list was to say, hey, don't necessarily allow your parents to dictate your future, right? No two people are exactly alike. So maybe there's some similarities between a son and his dad or a daughter yeah. and her mother, but that doesn't mean you have to follow in their footsteps. Go yeah. march to your own drummer, go do your own yeah. thing and honor the family tradition and, you know, the family legacy at the same time, but nothing wrong with going out there and marching to your own beat. Yes, exactly. I think, uh, if, if, you know, that's right. I think it, it seems like we always seem like it is, but I've, I've lived long enough to know that just money and stuff is not the answer. Yeah. It's just not, it's, it's never, I realize that now there's such a fulfillment that we need to fill and it's not in those things. It's, it's, if, if you don't go, uh, go for, I mean, you could fall into the family business, but, uh, it, it's, you've got to trust yeah. what's in there to go. You got to do that. Yeah. Or, or I don't think we're going to be fulfilled. You know, Casey, here's another great one. And you're the uh, awesome example of this. Um, yeah. You may have some family history and some talent in an area, but that doesn't mean that that's who you're cut out to be and trying to be what somebody else really wants you to be can get miserable pretty quickly. So just go be you, go do you do the, become the best yeah. you that you possibly can be. And don't worry about what everybody else wants you to be. Go be the, right. the person that you feel deep inside, you know, you're supposed to be. You're right. That, that's exactly right. And, but, but be honest, be honest with what, what, what is the, what is that inside telling you? Yeah. You know, and press into it. I, I, I believe in that wholeheartedly anymore, you know, that, uh, you know, it's just a relationship with the Lord has taught me that right. in the, in the, you know, a lot, lot, lot more is that I just trust what he gives me inside to go do and chase. And I look back on my life before I even knew it, man, that was him all the time. Yeah. And that was him doing these things and urging me, encouraging me to go do this. And he did not let me down. Right. He did never did. Yeah. And uh, same with me, man. I, I stepped out a time or two. It was really scary. I didn't even know if I was making the right decisions. And then when I look back years later, it all made sense, but it didn't make sense when I was doing it at the time, which brings up the last point for me, man, all of those beautiful original things that ever happened in life, all of the inventions, all of the great masterpieces, all of those amazing original, uh, you know, works of art, they all came from a guy or a gal who was willing to go blaze a new trail. And if you're sitting there listening to this episode and you really feel it deep inside, but you're not sure if you've got the courage to do it, well, if you really want to do something original, something epic that people will look back on, you got to be willing to step out from the crowd and blaze a trail, right? That's absolutely, absolutely 100% true, I think. And it's the same goes today in, this, in the battle of, uh, you know, even in songwriting, you know, there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of people that go, man, I, I can do that. But, uh, you know, uh, and say in, in the, in the, in the music business, like in my business where every day, you know, uh, if somebody's already doing it, if that's the, that, if that's their thing, and you, you know, that would be easy for you to do. But yeah. I mean, is it a gift that, uh, do you have something else to offer in that realm? Can you, do you write a different song, give them something different. Right. What is, what is, what do you, can you add to that situation? Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And there's always somebody that goes, I know all the songs sound like this, but I got this song and you know what? And, and just see what happens. Right. With it. Go with it. Don't listen to, I have so many people calling all the time. Hey, do you think, what do you think? Should I move to Nashville? Should I, <laughs> whatever, you know, I, I think you should be, what should I write? And what are the, what are the ways and how do you do it? Man, what is it? Go with what you feel you need to write. And I have to come to that, that meeting place all the time, every like year, it seems like I run into a wall of chasing yeah. things and it just never works. Yeah. Chasing what everybody's doing just never works. Right. And the, unless it's, it's something that I, the gift, the thing that I need to do needs to happen. Right. I think about that all the time. Look, you do, do what I called you to do yeah. and, and, and go, go for it. Trust me, you know, yeah. trust that. Casey, you, could have followed in the family legacy and been a very successful in football, but you stepped away, followed your mm -hmm. own drummer and started to make music. And I want you to know, man, you're making great music. You know what I was listening to on the way to the studio for this episode? What's that? I was listening to we, the people, you guys knocked that single out of the park. Um, man, uh, you're, you're making some amazing music. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That, yeah. Thank you. So <laughs> you, you took the risk, you moved to Nashville, you kind of started a new life for yourself. Yeah. And, and now I want to, um, fast forward for very briefly so that we can, um, talk about Christmas time, um, 2019 and your son Clayton is in Nashville and he's trying to do the right thing. And then something unimaginable happens. I'm just going to stop talking now and clear the, clear some time for you to kind of explain the circumstances and explain what happened. Yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's probably a worst, worst case scenario, scenario in a parent's life. You know, this, you know, you don't like getting phone calls late at night or anything. We've had a, several of them just most of the time. Hey, I'm staying here. I'm not coming home. I'm going to do mm -hmm. this. I'm going to do that. And uh, our kids are always good about, you know, uh, letting us know where they are. They're, for the most part, just really good kids. We were, um, you know, when I moved to Nashville, this is a big part of this whole thing. I just I'll preface all this by saying when I moved here, I didn't know um, who or what was guiding me in anything I was doing. I had some moral standards and all these things, but something, my wife, uh, had a religious background and then had a, uh, and, and was what they called saved mm -hmm. as a Christian. And, um, but, uh, we were living our lives and then, then something just uh, an old crazy college friend of mine came back through town. It was, had his life turned upside down and had, and I just noticed something, he, he noticed something different in him. And I, and I knew I needed something else in my life. And I, 
and I got saved. I just met, I met Jesus way back in uh, about when I was 25 and I, and I decided to try to follow him and, and I kind of raised my, my kids that way, Mm -hmm. my family that way. And we found the right church and found the right, and it it just kind of, it just supplemented everything, but they were, but, but it was a different walk. You know, I had a lot of good things going for us and the family on the outside. You know, I got, had enough free time to coach my kids and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and the walking relationship, I think with, with God, but maybe not, I think I believed him, but I, I didn't know him. And, uh, I think I believed in him well, but I didn't believe him or know him well enough to know that, uh, things in your life, what, what goes on in your life and things that happen. But my kids grew up that way. And they, they all, Clay was one of those guys that, um, he was a man just who had his own, you talk about marching to the beat of his own drummer. He was always very responsible, accountable kid that was going to get out of the shadow of his, his, of his, uh, bigger brothers and go do his own thing. And he was a great football player, uh, 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 a Mr. Football of Tennessee player. Wow. Just, uh, just, he was, did more things in high school than any, either of his brothers and had so much, just good looking kid. All he had all that stuff going, everything. And, uh, but he was also, he had a different thing about it. He just had a, like, uh, he knew who he was and he knew who, all right. Who's he, he knew whose he was yeah. and he knew who he was All right. and he walked like that in that confidence, never beating anybody over the head with it, but he always wanted to do thought about wanting to do what was right and the good thing to do the right thing to do. And he would fight for the right thing to do. And, uh, and that was just always in him. And it was back. He was coming, he came home for Christmas on the 19th of December and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I got up that next morning. Oh, I got up actually that night when he came home and, um, and, uh, which I don't do. I, I I'm a, I go to bed early yeah. and, uh, it's kind of crazy how, how things work. And, uh, he, he was supposed to get home at a certain time and his best friend in the world and my little daughter Tatum's best friend in the world uh-huh. was him. So Tatum and I are laying in bed. We go to bed and man, daddy, there's, he's supposed to be home. Yeah, I know. I know. And they took forever and, um, to get home and they got home real late. But, but the reason they took forever is because there was a mess up on the interstate. Yeah. So they had to go off the road. They had to go take a different detour and they ended up riding around. He was like, mom, where are we? Uh, she was like, yeah, I'm going to take the back. And this is where he grew up a little bit. I'm in Hillsborough, man. I used to live down there. Yeah. What you used to live there. So at 10 at night, he takes, she goes, yeah. So she takes him on a tour of where she grew up in her old house. Mm-hmm. She fills him in on all of her. Cause that's what he's interested in. He's interested in people. And it was just like, wow, that's a, a rare time to have, just being had a detour, and now you get to relive and show him your old life of how you yeah. grew up, and share that with him. And then you get home late, where I should be asleep, and I and she goes, Tatum gets up in the middle of the night, and goes, "They're home, Dad. Can I go down?" And the dog's freaking out. His dog that we still have yeah. here, 
And yeah, go on downstairs. And hey, you know, she runs downstairs and I'm just in bed and I'm like, he knows that I'll see him in the morning. That's how it always goes. Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't get up. I'm laying there and, I'm, and I hear, I just hear in my heart, just get up, go downstairs and hug your kid, mm-hmm. hug your boy. It's like, I'm tired. I don't know. <laughs> and I get up and I go downstairs and I'm start walking down the stairs and Clay looks up at me and he goes, Pops, that's what he said. Yeah. Called me. What are you doing up? And I said, I don't know. I just had to come hug you. And uh, and those things are. Uh, I look back on those things, and you know that uh, I'm just like, man, it's it's just not coincidence. Yeah, These things happen, and then, yep. yeah. And so that next morning, I get up, and he's already at a, 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 a rehab place getting his shoulder because he just had surgery on his right shoulder, uh-huh. and he's getting therapy at five in the morning, whatever. He gets up, and then he comes home, and I, and his old baseball coach wants to go meet me for lunch or something. And I go, "Would you want to go, Clay?" And he's like, "Yeah." He doesn't. He just, I don't know. He's just being home. That he got up early and he's coming back from college. He just didn't. That wasn't. I didn't think yeah. he would want to go, right. but he did. He met me. Just everything he wanted to do turned into like just one of the best days I'd ever had with him in those 24 hours, right up till uh, the it's time to go out. And one of his friends called, hey, guys, hey, buddy, a lot of friends from the high school are meeting together and just over at my house. He's like, Dad, I should I go over there? And I was like, man. Man, it's up to you, bud. Yeah, go for it. If they're all, he goes, yeah, all right, I'll, I'm not gonna stay long, but I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go. And and uh, he walked out the door. And right before he walked out, he came in and he goes, Dad, I just got a text from a one of my offensive tackles. And he goes, this guy's coach. He goes, the player said he said, Clay, I just was watching some. Sit- film from last year yeah. sitting here and he goes and you are i just want to tell you what a leader you are wow. you are the toughest guy i've ever been around and thank you for being that leader and these and i go and i looked at him and i said i uh, i said yeah i said you're not telling me anything i didn't uh-huh. know and he goes no i just said i don't know that it's just weird i go you are bud you, you, you are that guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he goes, well, all right, I just thought I'd share that with you. And I, he goes, well, I'm going to be back in a little bit. I said, all right, love you. See you. And, uh, I just want to say that the last, that's what yeah, for me, a uh, last day on earth looks like is that it looks like any other day. Yeah. And we got the dreaded call in the middle of the night with the CJ. He was, he was in, he was in, um, I think they were in Seattle before the, uh, the, the in a hotel the night before a game. Mm-hmm. It was a Saturday night, and nobody had our phone number, so his friends called him, woke him up in a hotel, and he called us and said, and I heard her on the phone. The phone rang, and I, was like, and I heard him go, hey, Mom. Uh, yeah, so something. And I heard she put it on speaker. She was like, what? And they said, yeah, Clay got stabbed or something what? And I got up and stabbed him. It didn't seem like anything, yeah. but yeah. So they, they need you to go down to Vanderbilt, the hospital. And I was like, 
Yeah, is and for that people serious? that don't live in Nashville, it's a big deal and really serious if he's getting sent to that hospital. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? So is it that serious? Are they dead? They just said that you need to come down there. And so we just got up, everybody. I called my other boy, Tucker, and he came to the house. And we were we were all happened to be in town. We were all around. And uh, it's just another not a coincidence but just thankfully everybody was there and with tucker being on the road all the time he was home and he came to the house first and uh we just rode down there and um yeah it's uh you wait there and it it just didn't feel it didn't feel right this was not just some thing and now look back now and the social worker just wouldn't level with us Uh wouldn't tell us anything Long story short, we're just sitting out there and the social worker says, hey, the doctor's going to come down and can you, uh, they want to talk to you in a private place. Well, and she pointed at this room over there and it was the chapel room. And I, and I, I already saw that. Yeah, place. you already know. Yeah. I said, mm, I'm not going in there. They go, she goes, why? And I go, she goes, I said, because I know what, what that's about. She goes, oh, no, no, no. That, that's just a quiet, quiet, you know, quiet place. And I, Sure enough, they come in and it's just the most surreal, uh, devastating thing you would ever, could ever imagine hearing. And, and, um, uh, it's just, it's still, it's just, it's still, yeah, it's unbelievable. So then I had to call CJ because he's just waiting on pins Uh and needles and he had already talked to his coaches. They came back in. It's three in the morning wherever he is, and it's it's six here now. And uh, he was trying to find me. It just it just was devastating. And yeah. and uh, we, I just remember walking back in the house, and his his one of his best friends also was also gone. He he got killed also at the same time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I just remember walking back in the house and you just go, okay, now what? I mean, it's just, uh, it's, I, you know, it's just, it's really an empty surreal thing. And, 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 um, when the news starts getting out and people start sending you things, they, uh, they send you scripture and they send you encouragement. They send you stuff and it really, and, and you're really looking for answers and you go, okay, now I got to, and you're looking at the stuff. And, and I just remember in the, the nights immediately following reading some of this, reading some of the scripture and some of these things. And I was like, okay, he is close to those who more in the who yeah. mourn. Yeah. He's the comforter. He is the whatever in the rejoice in your, these things. And I'm like, I don't feel that. Uh Where is this? I need it. I need it. Staring out a window. Just, I need this. And, uh, um, the house started filling up. Another miraculous thing. I, we have a gate out front. I live on a farm way off the road. So, so, we have a gate to keep people from coming up and just, yeah. it's just, it, it, you know, but, uh, uh, the gate broke 
the gate had broke about four days before and um or maybe a week before and it had never broken so uh-huh. i just pulled out the plugs and the mechanical parts of it all and uh and i just left it open before and susan was like you got to get that thing i don't like that gate open because we're too far off the road and blah 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 i go i can't get the guy to come out here it's christmas time it's coming yeah. up on christmas yeah. then all of a sudden all these people start showing up at our house and dropping off stuff and just being, just loving us yeah. and and being there. And I know now looking back that if that gate wasn't broken, we would have kept them out. Uh-huh. We would have been alone and we would have said, leave us alone. But thank God that these people, and especially my pastor who showed up immediately, who had just 10 years before lost his own son on his, as he walked, really? was going, wow. going to college. So he steered us in the right direction of all this scripture that just talks about the hope. It talks about the hope of heaven and the truth about, about what happens in, 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 in life. Um, and, uh, you know, what we are truly living for and the, and, and what, and then I got to say that we were on such a mission to find out to feel better and to figure out what do we do now? What, what now and who to blame and what to do. And every answer came from the Bible and he, and he accounted for every single answer and every promise and, and everything. And I, uh, I, I was just blown away at, uh, who God really is and who Jesus really is and what he did. And, and, and and we started seeking the answers and I'm just, it, our house, it, it's, it was like supernaturally. It was not, that's not who we were. Yeah. We love God, but there were certain things in my life I was in control of or thought I was in control of and wanted to be in control of. And a lot of it, a lot of those were my children, yeah. you know, yeah I'll give you a lot of things, God, but not them. I can handle them. I, uh, and sending, sending him scripture and worrying uh-huh. about him all the time. But he's like, I find out and he goes, look, I am their father. You are a steward. And, uh, you don't have to worry about him. I love him more than you. And yeah, but how, why does this happen? How does this happen? Yeah. Because this is not, this is not all there is. Right. Our lives are like vapors and, and, and just trust me. And he goes, this is not, a, you know, and, and then, and, and there was a part in just game changer in second Corinthians five, where I was reading and now you're seeking, now you got to understand, I'm not, I'm not a Bible thumper, crazy guy, just working on my relationship with Jesus, trying to figure out how to be fulfilled in the world because I chased it all. Right. I've made money. I've had hits. I've been on stages. I've had these things and I'm like, still was kind of empty. And then I come to this place in my life where the Lord allowed, I literally came to a spot where I was like, so worried about my kids all the time. I'm sorry, these people. No worries, man. Um, but, uh, I came to a place in my life where I was, I was eating up like, Oh, how is it? How are you doing at school? CJ yeah. or, or clay or Tucker, where are you? And how are you, are you doing this? Did you study the, did you pray? Are you even doing this? Is that why you're not starting? Is this why this is happening? And it, it was all workspace and yeah. all this stuff. And I, and I couldn't relax. And I finally 
got to this point in my life where all I could do was just as a family, we sat around the, no TVs, no social media, none of that. All we did was just wanted answers. And my pastor who, who his son went to heaven in second Corinthians five, Paul talks about these tents that we're living in and the battle between uh, to live uh, is for Christ, but to die is for gain. But in, in the second Corinthians, he says, well, when these mortal tents that we're in, go and they just fall uh-huh. we get swallowed up by life and i was like i swallowed up by life look at this yeah yes he goes yeah that's absolutely true it's like we go from the dead to the life i mean we're just in these tents in this flesh and it's that we're trying to satisfy in this world with all these things the stuff the more money the better car the bigger house and i'm like no wonder it never was filled because i wasn't just trusting him and just learning to uh just knowing that the whole goal is just to try to get more people to heaven. And he's not concerned about, I had people calling me going, you know, another quote that I heard is like, death is of no consequence to those found in the Lord. It just means nothing. We miss them. I miss him. Uh And that'll always be my thorn. That's, you know, so, and that's okay. But I, but I know I know he is at peace, uh, found a peace that he's never, never been in before, never yeah. found before. Yeah. It's just unexplainable. And then all of a sudden the house started. Moving. I can't even explain the peace that fell over us. And, it, and, and then, it, of course, it says it in the Bible that, you know, this peace be, um, that transcends all understanding. We were feeling this because we were just staying in the word and finding out what he says about Every situation you can possibly imagine in life is answered in that book. And we'd never come to a spot where we had to and wanted to just believe him rather than just believe in him. So we started. But uh, anyways, I say all that to say that he, I know it's hard to, I know it's hard to understand. And it sounds like the, the thing to say, but I, because I know. Yeah. And I, I was standing there going, okay, now what? What are we supposed to do now? And what are you going to do with this? Yeah. And, and, we're, and he's just like, please just trust me and chase me and follow me and seek. And, uh, and we did because I, I had no other alternative. And of course, I have alcoholism in my family. Uh-huh. I have all, you know, all these things in my family. So that, that was an option, but I didn't. I didn't go there. You know, I, you know, I'll just go drink or I'll just go to this place or go, you know, and I'm just grateful for some reason that that's where we went. We, our house turned into a church. Our gate was broken. We couldn't keep the people out. uh, uh, One of my, one of my great, one of my great, great, my, not my great, but my really good friends in, um, in the music business, a guy named Granger Smith, he's a singer Uh and, um, it was probably six or eight months before that he lost his son and a, his three or four wow. year old boy Man. fell in the pool and drowned when they were on the other side uh-huh. of the house. And it was, it was rock your world type thing. And, and it came back to us and we were like, Oh my golly. And so I texted him stuff from yeah. the Bible and he's in heaven now. And it's all this, the cliche things I say, yeah. but I didn't know, no, you yeah. know, these are, I believed it, 
hope this helps you. And I love you, brother, but, and I hope this helps you. I can't imagine. And, but yeah. this is what the Bible says. And I believe it, but I don't know no way. And here it comes up. Then it's my turn. And um, he texted me back and he's just like, brother, I don't know what to say. So I'm sending your text back to you. Oh, really? Wow. And he sent my text back to me. And I looked at this text. I'm like, man, I got to believe this now. Yeah. And, uh, and is this really true? So all this stuff I sent him, I started to dive into. Yeah. It goes this, and now I know, no, no, because I can't tell you how I got to a point like we're okay. Right. Yeah. We are going to be okay. All these things of the world are all, they're, it's all lies. And I was like, it's okay. And I, and we just got through this, this trial that here we are two years later, they, we just went through the trial and, um, we didn't want to go through it. Uh-huh. We hoped they'd reach some kind of plea deal. And, but what God did in it, we were, we were come together as a family and CJ was sitting in the, in the living room the other day, right, a few weeks ago, right before the trial. Went, I just don't want to go. I don't want to go through that again. I said, I know, but we just got to trust that God will do something yeah. in it. We got to right. go. We just got to go there and be, and just pray through it and just, Sounds crazy, but just pray and call on Jesus in this room to change the atmosphere, to whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know, but we just got to see what he does there. And it was, it was miraculous. I mean, I found myself in between recesses and stuff. Uh, I got a chance to hug this, 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 this guy's family. Yeah. And love on this family that I didn't know, but they were just shit. They've, they were lost and they were shame. They, they were so full of shame. They were, it felt like our group and their group yeah. and they had a few of them. This kid was this kid that did it was raised in a horrible situation, yeah. you know, born and abandoned and raised by this person who gave him up and raised by this person. And then just taken in by people that he thought was love. You'll accept me if you, you know, I do these things mm-hmm. that you guys do. And, uh, he didn't have a father, let alone know the father. So yeah. he didn't have the benefit of people in my kids had, you know, of being pointed to God. And uh, I got a chance to tell these people, don't, don't carry it around. I got a chance to tell them that God loves them. Jesus loves them. Yeah. And I don't hold anything against them. And I pray that, that their brother and their boyfriend and their, 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 their son, the, the mother that, mm-hmm. uh, he would, you know, he got, he got convicted of the highest crimes. It all worked out in the world like it's supposed yeah. to. But I hope my hope and prayer is for us is that he starts a ministry yeah. in, in, in prison or something that changes lives right. there because only God can do that yeah. and he will. But, uh, I got to see, the, when you sit there, what I'd carried around for the last couple of years was until this trial was trying to imagine what really happened, what yeah. really went down. Uh-huh. And I had heard that he stepped in on some, you know, when you should have and whatever. And I, but my whole thoughts were like, man, Clay, why did you do that? Why did you, but I got to, there was a lot of stuff I couldn't watch and I couldn't uh-huh. hear, but, and I'd step out, but there was a lot of things, a lot of testimony on from people talking about his character, everything's getting scrutinized from his shoes yeah. to his socks, his shirt, 
is everything he had on was scrutinized and, and who he was that night was scrutinized. And I walked out of there after the end of the week. I'd never been more proud of a wow. kid. Yeah. He's a, uh, he was a follower. He was clean. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't any of that stuff. He was who he was, yeah. who I always knew he was. He, uh, his, uh, these, there was some, there was some evil in the room that just surrounded yeah. some kids, just literally being kids, just the, the sweetest kids you can imagine just having fun. And these guys, uh, had him in the crosshairs and, and attacked one of my, one of his friends. And, yeah. and then when it got kind of out of control, Clay walked over and it wasn't till he, one of his good friends who's, who's, who's the sweetest all get out, wouldn't hurt a fly. Uh, the guy, his pride got hurt or something and somehow, and he, and he stabbed Clay's friend in the head and it only because he got blocked, it, it would have hit him in the chest, but, that's when Clay stepped in and, and uh, got in between them. Yeah. And he did the same to him, but he stabbed him in the chest and then stabbed his friend. And, and, but uh, he was an absolute, he was a hero. He was, uh, he was uh, everything that I don't think, and I look at it and we talked about it, I honestly don't think Clay could have, could have or would have wanted to go out of this world any other way. Wow. He always wanted to be a seal. Yeah. He wanted, that's just him. He was a fighter for the little guy. That's uh -huh. I, I promise you, I can't, I can't even tell this story. It's just miraculous. It wouldn't, it can, you can't make this stuff yeah. up. Yeah. And then I'll go back through his life and, th and talk about his life and go, God was in every part of this. And you know what? He said, you know, what the enemy meant for evil, you know, he will turn That's into right. good yeah. for those that follow him. And, and, I, and I, he is redeeming this in spades. I cannot tell you yeah. how many people have been affected and impacted by this, let alone we're doing, I would right. be here with yeah. you right now. I was about to say this story touched a friend who talked to my friend who talked to me. And this story is so powerful that many people are being heavily impacted by it. And I just want to go back to something that you said a moment ago um, you were the kind of guy who believed in a God and intellectually understood who he is and what he's all about. But this un unimaginable tragedy forced you guys to start to really decide what am I resting on? And what I wrote down a moment ago when you were talking is there was a moment where you went from believing in God to believing on God. And I hope yeah. that the listener just didn't miss what you said. It was so powerful that it gave you peace in the midst of the most difficult tragedy a parent will ever experience. And it made right. such an impact that even in the courtroom, you, the father of a son that was slain, was able to go across the room and hug the family of the guy who did this and even hope the best for him. And yeah. you can't make that stuff up, man. There has yeah. to be something real there. That's right. That's right. He's uh that's uh and we found it in there and I, I remember it was CJ came home from when he came home, he was there and one of those first two nights we were standing around at night and he was just mad. You know, I'd I'd like to get with this guy and I said, What would you what, would what are you, you gonna do? do you right? Yeah. Yeah, what are you gonna do? And he goes, Oh, well if I can get him in a room and I'd I go, No, you couldn't. You wouldn't 
I go now in a, in a, in a heated situation. Yeah. You'd stand up. But if you had a chance to talk to a guy, no, even knowing what he did standing there, you, you don't have it in you to just attack somebody. You wouldn't do that. And he goes, well, I, yeah, probably not because we're just, unless it would. And I said, matter of fact, that was one of those things. I go, let's see what he says. The Lord says about it. And, and it talking about, it, he says, vengeance is mine. Right. And, you know, so we got to trust him. And I looked at that, and I thought I was preaching to him, but I literally was for something lost in me, uh-huh. me reading. I was preaching to myself. I go, CJ, look at it. It's better to, you know, love this, you know, pour, do good. It's like pouring, heaping coals on a, on person when you do good to them for their evil. It's like, they can't stand yeah. it. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? Right. Because I know this is not all there is. Right. I'm not living for this world. And then once we start making up our mind and realizing the, the, we are here in eternity. I, I can't get that across. The hope is to, is for heaven to believe in it right. and trust yeah. that your savior and just go, I'm just trusting you, God. I, I just know that I'm in eternity and this is just, uh-huh. this is the hardest part of eternity. Right. This is. Yeah. I don't care if you're Solomon and who had, you know, or, uh, you know, the, king of all kings and had it all. And then you start reading that story from that perspective and go, I get you in Ecclesiastes yeah. Solomon. I get, you. he said, it's like chasing the wind. Right. I have it all, yeah. everything. And, but it's not doing it for me because you don't have that Prince of peace in you yeah. and, and those type things. And I, and I think that's when yeah, we start exploring again, I, I just, I know that I know it with everything in me when you, it's just a, you can just tell people what you know. I'm not a Bible scholar. I all I could tell you is what I know. Yeah. And I've gone from believing in him to believing him. And if he says that I should do this or go or whatever, and I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to go try it, man, and that's not fear-based, that I am covered and I'm not afraid anymore. Yeah. All the fear got this is where the fear changes because I realized this is what's supernaturally could not have happened. A a a a guy that had his children as close as you could right. possibly hold them uh-huh. and say, no, God, I got them, but you can, in other things, finances and yeah. all that. So yeah, you can help me out there. You can do this. You can, you can get my kids the gig. If you could right. make them a starter, get yeah. them drafted. That'd be great. But I want to, if it's going hard, I got, it. uh, I went, I, right after that in the next three weeks, I was like, Oh my goodness. He allowed this to happen to show me that I never have to worry about this one again. Yeah. AC, I've got him. And I'm like, gosh, if, if man, that nobody loves him more than, than him. Right. And he's got my son. I don't yeah. have to worry about it. Yeah. So what was I worrying about him all for? What's the worst that can happen in this world that we go to heaven? Golly, it's not. And so, so go live that way that yeah. like you're supposed to live, do the right thing and go live that way because you got, we've got eternity and, and the best part is coming. Our lives are like vapors. I don't, I don't care if it's 22 years or 85 years, like where my dad is now yeah, and battling some Alzheimer's and we talk and I go, dad, golly, it's going so fast. And it has for him. Uh-huh. It's gone fast for me uh-huh. and my son Clay it went fast for him, but, it's not all there is. Right. You know? So, so Casey, this is the perfect place to kind of land this plane and close this episode yeah. out. You got those guys or gals that are sitting there listening to your story and they're saying, I could never, I could never 
go yeah. through what you went through and have this kind yeah. of peace. I could never give away my children when yeah. they're the most precious thing in the world to me. And I'm hanging on as tight as I can. I could never go across that courtroom and hug the family of the person yeah. that took my son's life. I could never do that. And they're struggling right now because they're holding on to what they've got in their life as tight as they can. Can you wrap us up today with just one piece of advice for that guy or that gal that's just holding on to life as tight as they can because they're afraid of what would happen if they let go? Yeah, I, I think, of course, I thought that too. I, I, that would be do anything, anything you want in my life to me, man, person, whatever. Take me, but do not. Yeah, don't touch, touch my, my kids. kids, right? Me too. Oh, my wife, don't touch my family. That's it. Can I have anything else? And that literally was the worst case scenario that I literally was like, all the whys and whatever, that just didn't haunt me like the what now. Yeah. And all I knew was to find what, how the Lord addresses this. And I got more familiar in that relationship to know that he is a living God that comes. And I did not know this as much as that when you start digesting this word and his promises and what he says, that even though it might sound crazy in the, in, in the scripture, you think it's Shakespearean and all this stuff, but no, I found it come alive in me. And I know that he, his words literally became real. And I believe I, I actually believed him and could trust him and found faith that, that I would give it to him and only in him who he says, I live inside of you. Yeah. You just get, release it to me and trust me, trust me. And somehow I, I got to a point and just go, I can't do it. Right. I can't do it, but, I, but Lord, I'm going to trust you. And I, and that's, that went from, okay, I'm trusting you. And it's like, okay. And you're trying and trying. And, but then all of a sudden it becomes, you, the more you seek, the more you rest in that, in that trust and in those words. And I could just say, all I would say is that just when you think you can't just practice, practice trusting him, yeah. go back to it, go back to the word of what he says about your situation and watch what he does with all the people in the Bible. I know those are mysterious old people uh -huh. from 2,000 years ago, but that, yeah, but no. And I put the but in a different place now. Yeah, I know God says all these things, but my situation is this. It's totally flipped for me. You yeah. know, I know my situation is this, but God. Right. But God says this about it. And and I become one of those testimonial guys that I found this guy over there. Wow. Job lost his kids. I don't know how he did that. Yeah. yeah, but that was way back in the Bible. Now I'm like, oh my golly. It just got I, I real, right? Yeah. I get it, Job. I trust him. I get it. That's the only thing that can get me through. Yeah. And to just, all I would say is that we're not living for, for this time. We're right. passing through. Right. Guys, just know that. Have Find some encouragement in knowing that whatever your situation is, is uh, we're just passing through. It's momentary, it's temporary, and, and, and just do the best, turn your eyes to God and just trust, yeah. trust him in these times and go, you know, know that he will and can provide 
even if it strips you down to the brokenest right. part of mm-hmm. your life, that's where I found him. And if this doesn't happen, I can't reach people and, and find and to spread encouragement, you know, in to the broken people. I, I, I would, I wouldn't wish this on people, but I, at the same time I do, we got to go, we go somewhere in our broken yeah, spot. Right. You know? Yeah. And I, I pray that you guys turn to him because I, I, all I can tell you is that he has gotten to me this, gotten me to this place where if I did not know to go here, I promise you, I would have, yeah, I probably would have gone to the worst possible place. Right. I wouldn't even want to be here. Yeah. So, I hope the person that's listening to you right now, if, they, if you're at that point where you're feeling like, I don't know how much longer I can hang in there. I can't do this anymore. You may be at a very, very amazing moment in your life where you're at the point where you're saying, okay, I can't do this anymore, but God, I'm ready to believe that you can come alongside me and you can help me through this. And Casey, your story speaks that as loudly as anything I've heard in a long time, man. Thank you for sharing Thank this you. with us today. Hey, can I say one quick thing yeah. is I would say together, yeah, let your, um, yeah, I mean, let the gate, leave the gate open. Yeah, go leave f- the gate open and, and, um, and go watch find and those people that, that when you don't think you, when you think you want to be alone, when you're being attacked, and the in the brokenness of wherever you are, find those people that will lift you up. Yeah, absolutely. Find those people that'll encourage you because you don't need to be alone. That's right. You, you don't need, a, need to be alone. You need a wingman or a brother in arms that'll come yeah. alongside you just because Amen. the gate is open. I couldn't say it any better myself. Casey told you that comfortable doesn't always mean right. And if you're at this really comfortable, really sweet spot in life right now, but you have this burning desire to go do something different, maybe it's time to get uncomfortable and go chase that dream. You heard from Casey how he was able to face life's greatest challenge in the midst of all of this pain and find peace in the middle of it. And I hope if you're struggling right now, you'll find the same kind of peace that Casey found. Hey, I want to thank you for finding Unbeatable. Maybe this is your first time finding our podcast. If it is, we would love for you to follow us on social media. Just go ahead and search at Unbeatable Podcast on any of your favorite social media platforms. And if you found us and you really like what you're listening to, why don't you rate us and tell everybody else in the world what you think about this podcast? Just go ahead and give us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And by the way, I want to give you a gift totally free. I have this booklet, this PDF booklet called the Unbeatable Army Survival Guide, and it is free for you. All you got to do to get it is just simply go to unbeatablearmy.com. We're trying to raise up guys and gals who can face whatever life throws at them. Thank you for joining me for this episode, and I'll see you right back here next week on Unbeatable.